1: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Two Robbies podcast. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl. In celebration of Women's History Month, we wanted to dedicate a series of episodes to some of the incredible women involved in the Premier League. Don't forget to check out our previous two episodes featuring interviews with Karen Kearney, the women of Watford, Kate Lewis and Laura Goods. And Norwich City's Head of Emerging Talent, Mariella Nisotoki. First up in today's episode, we hear from Premier League referee Sean Massey-Ellis on how she got into refereeing, the challenges she faced throughout her career and how she's become a role model. Along with Sean, you'll also hear from Managing Director of the PGMOL, Mike Riley, the PGMOL Women's Select Group Director, BB Stenhouse-Webb and Women's Select Group Match Official, Jade Wardle. Here is Sean Massey-Ellis' story.
2: I think that the more role models that we see out there, especially on the TV coverage, that other women and girls believe that they can achieve too, through all of the different jobs in football, and not just football, in all industries, that you believe that stereotypes can be broken, that women can achieve in them roles. The more we see them, the more we believe it. actually my dad who said do you want to take the referees course and I said well, can I and he said yeah of course, of course you know let's give it a go and then I went into my first game and I was awful I didn't even know what a foul was I could tell you what the law said about what a foul was but actually on the pitch it was really more kind of more difficult to apply um, and then that's kind of where I, I stepped really into that that world of on on the pitch refereeing I went from the country minor league then once i got to open age football and transferred from onto a Sunday morning um, and then you start going through the ranks so it was just getting promoted from one league to another I started going on to the football league as an assistant referee and then on the Premier League as the kind of final couple of steps really I remember being told that I was going to have my first game soon. They don't tell you exactly what fixture it's going to be or when it's going to be. That kind of just gave me a heads up. So I'd got a bit of time to prepare. I remember being really, really nervous before the game, travelling up to Sunderland the night before to stay in the hotel. One of my friends, who's still a current Premier League assistant, he said to me, when you walk out there, just take that minute and really remember that moment.
1: And we have a female assistant referee today. The first time that Sean Massey has run the line in a Premier League match. And our good wishes go to her.
2: I don't remember much from the game, but I do remember what he said and I do remember standing there at the start of that game and really kind of looking up to the crowd, standing under that Premier League board and thinking, you know, what a dream come true really.
3: Henderson
1: back with Phil Barnsley, spilled by Kingston but the offside flag
0: up and the Lions has got this one right.
2: I just wanted to do well and I think that I wanted to prove that girls were good enough to be there. I wanted to do well so that my nomination for that game effectively was proved right.
1: Sean Massey, who a moment or two ago had to make her
0: first big decision of the game, that offside against Jeanne, a very good decision it was. She's somebody who is very composed and mature in everything that she does. Uh, clearly ambitious in what she wants to achieve for herself, but also for her colleagues in the refereeing team. Um, she brings a decree of intelligence, game understanding, and probably most importantly of all, an absolute passion for football and for all things referee.
2: So, I'm based in Coventry. I still live there now, and that's where my kind of home growth began. Dad was a football referee. So I kind of my journey through football started really with watching him. He was my my biggest inspiration, really but also my biggest mentor and my biggest critic. He'd be really honest with me, and I needed that, but also he'd be there to kind of put his arm around me when a game had gone wrong. Um, I remember sitting in the boot of his car with my football boots on, and uh, I remember saying to him, I can't do it, Dad. I, I can't I can't do it, I wasn't very good last game, I, I don't think I can do it. And he was like, look, you did this, you did this, I'm gonna be here. So he was a real big support.ing you know, a 14 year old girl sat in the back, back of this car thinking, I can't do it. Um, you know, and I went through that game and I came out of it the other side and that was it then. you know, I think sometimes it's good to have a mentor or another local referee that, that you kind of swap games with and just be confident and enjoy it. I always think that if you love something that you do, it becomes a lot easier. When I look at challenges through my career, fitness is a big one for me. I work really hard on my fitness. To be able to keep up with the players on the pitch, I have to be as fit as I can be. And the other one would be coming back from having my daughter. That's probably a real big challenge. You know, I'd made it to the Premier League. I had a year out to have my daughter and then the doctor said I couldn't come back. I never thought that having a baby would ever make me not come back onto the Premier League. I think for me, it was a shock and a little bit of there must be something that I can do to get back. I'm not going to take that diagnosis, I want to be back on the pitch. I'm not ready to retire. And I think with the support of you know, everybody here at PJMOIL, they've been fantastic at getting me everything they could get me to get me back on the pitch.
0: One of the things that's been really instructive for me, the more I've worked with our female officials, is understanding their needs. And one of the good things about the organisation is that professional level of support is there for people. And I've seen that in other female officials that have come back as well. But again, it's their drive and motivation and determination to get back to doing one of the things that they love whilst bringing up a family that really stands out.
1: Plenty forward for Manchester City. Vaughan, big decision to come. And Vaughan didn't get to it. Manchester City have. Although the flag is up on the far side. Goal ruled out. He doesn't know it yet. He does now. There's Richards on the far post. Yes, he starts off in an offside position. What a good decision that was. Good decision and she's looking directly into that son as well.
2: My daughter's really proud of me, she you know, skips around in the living room at home with a flag in her hand, "Mummy, you're doing this, you know, and she knows that women can do anything now. She can see women on a men's match on the TV. And I think that having that career, it works well with childcare actually, you know, I'm at home to pick her up from school, I can work my job around her. A lot of time obviously we're at St George's Park and at Loughborough doing our camps but You know, it's quite a flexible career and I love that I still get to spend time with her as well as fitness and yeah, I love the job that I do as well as being a mum.
3: Let's be honest, Sean Messi ellis makes a massive impact on the group of female officials, not only here, all over the country. She has achieved so many things in her career. Everybody can see her on TV and this gives the girls sitting at home on the sofa watching that hopefully the inspiration to take up a whistle or a flag and to go down the refereeing road.
2: When I first started with Shan. she was the only one that I really heard of and saw on telly so it was definitely Shan to definitely idolise when I first started refereeing and always trying to find her on telly. I'd love to go back into being a coach or a mentor you know like To inspire the next generation I want to see that next generation of girls coming through, that next generation of referees and assistant referees coming through. The first camp that I went to, um, I couldn't even talk to her, I was quite scared to talk to her because obviously it's quite surreal seeing someone on telly and then being right there next to them, but after a few years you kind of get used to it and you do just end up building relationships with the people that you see on telly and start becoming friends with and coaches with, so it's nice to, to have them here.
3: If you can't see it, you can't be it. So having these role models out there, having the referees, the female referees out there and being seen and being recognized and kind of thinking, oh, wait a second, I want to be that person. I want to do that job. That is incredible. And so hopefully the next generation is not only interested in being a player or being a coach, being a referee is actually a
2: pretty great career option. We definitely need to get more women involved as much as we can, and just to push away that fear of just being in a men's sport. Even if it makes one girl come through or take up a flag or a whistle that wouldn't have done it before, then I'm proud of that. And I think that hopefully it will be slightly easier for them to come through after me. Kind of even at lower leagues, they see that girls do it. So instead of when them girls turn up, Got to my referee today. That again isn't a shock because they're used to seeing girls in football. It becomes a little bit easier for the next generation. That's what I hope, anyway.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards.
1: Next up, we hear from Tottenham's performance psychologist Helen Richardson-Walsh on her Olympic field hockey career, how she developed her passion for psychology and what led her to Spurs. Here is her story.
4: My name is Helen Richardson-Walsh, and my role here at Tottenham Hotspur Women is performance psychologist. In a former life, I played international hockey for nearly 18 years. I went to four Olympic Games, and thankfully, in the last two, managed to win the bronze in London 2012, and brought home the gold in the Rio Olympic Games in 2016. Unfortunately, for sports people, you can't keep playing sport forever, as we all know. And so needed to, to branch off into some something else. And, and, you know, through playing hockey, I really got a passion for psychology and the impact that it could have on, well, quite frankly, any, everything, especially in sport, but also outside of, of sport. Um, and so went down that avenue and, and studied psychology and, and now can call myself an organisational psychologist. I did my degree with the Open University and kind of remember having to come back from training absolutely knackered at the end of the day and thinking, oh, no, I've got an assignment to do. And I don't see myself as, a, as an academic. Um, I'm a sports person. That's where my kind of, that's where my strengths lay. With Spurs Women, I'm, you know, kind of just over one day a week and... At the start of the season, it was around working with Rianne and trying to um, help implement the, the, the best culture that we could and really try and get the players to take ownership of, of really delivering that and understanding the importance of their daily behaviours and the staff's daily behaviours and the impact that that can have on, on the, the kind of the greater environment. And then there's the individual Work that I do with players, um, whether it be around you know well-being, mental health, performance mindset, like helping them cope under pressure, um, coping with change, um, developing a, a greater self-awareness. Basically, um, really understanding what is the thing that helps them get the best out of themselves when they're on the pitch. The impact our mind plays in every single moment that we're in is is massive you know in the kind of elite level of sport that is the difference for me the influence it can have when you know if you're in a in a good place in your mind uh, even if you're talking about well-being or if you're really working on your kind of performance mindset and all the different things that you can improve in that aspect i think that's that's why I found it so fascinating because I would look at other teams in the hockey world and think, oh, why, why are they so so successful, and what is it is about their team that that we can't have. And for me, it was about what goes on in our in our minds. And when we started to really work on that, work on our culture, work on um, that element, we saw huge strides in our performance. When you're a player, you're in the team and you're kind of part of that camaraderie and, and you're part of the actual playing group. Um, so to kind of be on the sideline is very different. But you still have can have a huge impact even though you can't do something on the pitch, however much I would wish I would love to get out there. What... Spurs women are, are trying to do is, is get some really great people here, and you can see that with with Rianne, with Vicky, with you know um, a good number of, of people who understand what it is to be elite. It is something you learn, and once you've been to a place where you actually, oh yeah, that's that's, that's what excellence is. Once you see that, then you start to understand. You understand what's required, um, and so I think it's really quite tough for for athletes actually you know we they come into an em, an elite environment and they're expected to be at you know a certain level and they're expected to understand what it takes but that that takes practice I'm learning every single day Time that I come into this place as a as a new psychologist, you know, I'm I'm learning the ropes all the time, and I fall back on my experience a lot, and I think about okay, what did I want from a psychologist? What what did I need from them? Um, How did they help me? How did they help some of my teammates with other areas of of development that were different to mine? And I really try and think about those things and put those things in place. You know, the fact that I was an athlete and have been in those players' shoes. I know what it feels like when it's cold, it's wet, and it's you're tired and you're not selected or you're injured. And I know what that feels like. It is a very exciting place to be, um, particularly at Spurs women, you know. Women's sport in general, I think, is hugely exciting. It's got so much potential. The way that these women are now training, the way the opportunity that they now have over the next, 5 10 15 years who knows where this this sport can go. I'll have to pinch myself from time to time but but also you know I, I am an elite sports person. I have been there and I've done that and um, whatever contribution I can make to to the women's team here at Spurs will be great and hopefully I can give just a little bit that's going to push them a little bit higher in the next few years. You're never the finished article and that's what I see myself as a psychologist. I'll always be learning, always be listening to podcasts and reading books and working with other psychologists and trying to better myself in the in the role.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
1: So that wraps up our series of fascinating stories featuring incredible women in the Premier League as we celebrate Women's History Month. We'll be back with our next episode on Sunday, April the 3rd, recapping the return of the Premier League and settling for the stretch run of this season. Thanks for listening. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him.
0: Good Good night.